What's up everybody? John Hoover, All Sooners. Oh my goodness. Uh, if you guys saw our post-game wrap, you know how jacked up we are because we just witnessed a classic, y'all. 34-30, uh, Sooners take down Texas. They were a five-point underdog. This thing uh, was back and forth the entire game. And we're fired up to bring you episode 212. We guaranteed it. We guaranteed, we guaranteed it of the All Sooners podcast. 212, of course, is the temperature at which water boils. 212 requires change. And uh, what does Walter White say? Uh, I can't remember now. <laughs> he says something uh, transformation. And, uh, so, so to boil water, you got to get to 212. That is what Oklahoma has been pounding into these guys' heads. Brent Venables and his staff for a year now. 212 will get you boiling water, will get you steam, okay? I think what we saw today, Ryan, was some steam from Oklahoma. Yeah, that's John Hoover. I'm Ryan Chapman, Randall Sweet over there, AllSooners.com. It's the AllSooners postgame pod. I'm excited. I can't He's excited. Now, we saw steam. I think that we saw steam emanating off the heads of both Brent Venables and Steve Sarkeesian at times. Uh, this was an instant classic. This was a Dylan Gabriel legacy game. This was a statement win for Brent Venables. This was an arrival for Oklahoma. This was a prove-it game for the defense. And this game was absolutely hammered from kickoff. The first five minutes, we witnessed two picks, a blocked punt. Texas looked like they had the game won. A minute 15, no timeouts. Dylan Gabriel, an offense that didn't have McCain Mattire. <laughs> had struggled as Texas kind of dominated the fourth quarter outside of that goal line stand that we'll talk about. And instead, right down the field, hey, Drake Stoops, would you like some OU Texas Drake Stoops <laughs> moments? You got OU Texas Drake Stoops. You want a career day from Jalil Farouk? You got a career day from Jalil Farouk. And you got a Dylan Gabriel Heisman moment to seal the victory for the Sooners. I right? couldn't agree more. The story I wrote tonight was he emphatically inserted himself into the Heisman conversation. Whatever that conversation looks like, halfway through the college football season. Oklahoma 6-0. They just took down the number three team in the country, and Dylan Gabriel had that moment where he took his team 75 yards in five plays, 77 seconds, no timeouts, and uh, threw the game-winning touchdown pass. Yeah, I mean, on, on that final drive, Dylan Gabriel looked as poised as he ever has in his Sooners uniform. How I mean, about Brent Venable saying he was the calmest quarterback he's ever been around? Hello, Sam Bradford's nickname was the Big Easy. <laughs> and, and there's a few uh, good Clemson quarterbacks yeah. that Brent Venables uh, was a coach was on that coaching staff for as well. So that's a huge compliment to Dylan Gabriel. I mean, you saw it in that last minute, uh, or the, the, the minute-long drive that got OU the, the go-ahead touchdown. I mean... It felt like, especially those first, uh, I think, what was it, three completions, uh, you know, one down the sideline to Jaleel Farouk, another one to Drake Stoops that put OU kind of uh, closer to the red zone, I think maybe just inside the red zone. Uh, and then just giving his player, Nick Anderson, a, a chance to make the play, not even on the touchdown catch, the, the play that Nick Anderson uh, was held as he was uh, running into the end zone. Uh, I mean, for an offense that, like Ryan said, looked uh, lifeless for most of the fourth quarter, Dylan Gabriel really uh, seemed to uh, take the game into his own hands, like you said, really uh, create that Heisman moment for himself. Gabriel was like me. He didn't even hardly remember the last drive. Sensory overload, people, I'm telling you. Uh, what was the crowd here today? It wasn't a record because they, they reconfigured the stadium to uh, to not do that. They didn't put the, the record, the attendance in the uh, game book, but it was, uh, you know, whatever it is. It was maxed out today. Uh, two teams in the top 10, 12 of the rankings, top 12, I guess we could say. What are the chances that they flip this week? 
that the, the that Oklahoma's in the top five and Texas is out of the top ten. I don't think Texas is going to fall very far at all. Yeah, I, I think that what you saw on display here, and, and trust me, we've watched a lot of like Big 12 football. Look at the Big 12 football that's happening across the country. And then when you watched Ohio State, Notre Dame a couple weekends ago when, when we were all in Cincinnati hanging out, what was kind of the reaction that we had? Yes, Notre Dame had that how that finished with, with 10 guys on the field, but you could just tell, like, that was two really good football teams playing. And as weird as today was and as borderline dominant as I think Oklahoma could have been had they not had so many special teams issues in the first half, I think it was really clear to anyone with a pair of eyes and a brain, frankly, that watched this game that this was not a close, wild game because it was sloppy and bad and weird coaching decisions. We saw one of those in, in Stillwater last night where I don't know how good Kansas State yeah. or OSU end up being, but you could tell like- Battle of attrition. Yeah, it was like there was there were quarterback issues, offensive line issues, so weird. Coach. No, this this was a, a, a heavyweight fight. This was a slugfest. This is the two best teams in the Big 12. Oklahoma's players after the game, a lot of them were asked about, you expect to see this team? And they're like, yeah, we're gonna play Texas again. We're gonna see them in December. We can't wait. Like these two teams know they're the class of the Big 12, and I think they put a, on an absolute show for the college football world. I wouldn't be surprised to see him at like five and eight or, yeah. or something like that. Oh, that's good. Uh, th this time tomorrow. The uh, the last drive, the game-winning drive, again, no timeouts, length of the field, game on the line. You're settling. You're basically going to drive up in the red zone and settle for a field goal, right? Wrong. <laughs> Dylan Gabriel, who did the, who are Oklahoma's two most experienced wide receivers? coming into the season. I believe we talked about Drake Stoops Drake and Jalil Farouk, Farouk an entire offseason, John. One, two, one, two, threw to both guys, got down there in the, in the red zone and then said, oh, Nick Anderson, you're here too. <laughs> Nick Anderson's only catch of the day, again, for a touchdown, <laughs> again, the kid is, uh, he's like Chris Carter. All he does is score touchdowns. What is that, six touchdown catches this season for Nick Anderson in six games? I mean, we we were told all offseason, we were told even before this season, I mean, last year when he was a true freshman, before the injuries, we were told that Nick Anderson is a guy to keep an eye on, that this guy is going to you know, do good things for this program, for the, the OU program, and he has. I mean, so far this season, he's lived up to the, the hype that was given to him uh, before the year. And in a, in a game where, like you said, Jalil Farouk and Drake Stoops may, may have been the stars, but you know, Andrew Anthony got hurt in that game. And even before the injury was not, um, not the Andrew Anthony that we, as productive as the Andrew Anthony we've seen up to this point. Uh, Nick Anderson stepped up, made a huge play. Uh, he, like you said, his only catch of the day, but he, he stayed ready. He was, he was on the field, I felt like, today more than I've seen him uh, on the field in you know, previous games. I, I obviously haven't checked snap count yet, but just from seeing him out there, he looked like he was on the field more. So to me, that means that he's really establishing himself in this offense, in the OU offense. He's um, you know, carving out a bigger role for himself. And again, if he keeps catching touchdowns, game-winning touchdowns against Texas, that role is only going to increase. Hey, Randall, so the touchdown pass, from our perspective, Hoove and I were on the farthest end of the press box on the OU end, probably sitting right above the 40. So we're, we're quote-unquote behind the play. And Randall, as we're sitting there watching that play play out, I was thinking, well, Dylan Gabriel's about to take a game-ending yeah. sack because yep. the pocket was collapsing and there was no obvious right. rush lane. I was wondering if he was going to try to step up and just hurl it as far out the back of the end zone, if he was going to get hit and it was going to pop up. From your perspective, you're in that end zone. Yeah. What did that look like on the field? Because there have been very 
few is probably not the right word. I can't remember many times in Dylan Gabriel's Oklahoma career where he saw something happen. But what it looked like for me is I don't think Dylan Gabriel could actually like see Nick Anderson step into it. I think he anticipated he that he knew that as the corner sealed off, Anderson was going to be there. I, I was just blown away by that throw. I, I, I'm with you. I was blown away by the throw too because just the way that that, that play looked, like aesthetically even, that didn't look like a play that we've seen Dylan Gabriel make before. Yeah. And that's, that's again, I'm not trashing Dylan Gabriel. Just, again, if you go watch Dylan Gabriel, that play is not something that we've seen him do. I mean, from my angle, uh, the, it looked like the pocket was pushing him back. And um, when, it, when he let it go, I thought he was trying to throw it out the back corner of the end zone, you know, try to kill the clock, maybe give uh, Zach Schmidt a chance to yeah. redeem himself, take the game to overtime. But, I mean, obviously, as I followed the ball, I, I – um, my first thought was there's two guys in the area, uh, and so I was, I was, you know, wondering who the ball was going to, and then of course Nick Anderson runs wide open, and I, 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 uh, I definitely was with you guys at the start of the play. I thought, um, or not the start of the play, but as it progressed, I thought that DG uh, might be taking a sack that would have really hurt the Sooners there, uh, and then I thought he was throwing it away, but in the end, Nick Anderson comes in. Scores a game-winning touchdown. He made, Dylan made reference to the fact that he couldn't see Nick Anderson. And what happened was him, him and uh, Stogner kind of bumped into each other, and he, he kind of peeled off, and it was like a rub route with his own guy. Instead of rubbing the defender, uh, he was rubbing himself. An accidental rub uh, route. I can't believe I just said that. But. Rubbin's racing, baby. <laughs> Rubbin's racing. Rubbin's racing. Uh, but, yeah, he, so he runs the corner uh, and collides with Stogner, and the, the ball is there. The, the, he kind of it, – it was unusual. He, yeah. threw, it, he yeah. threw it in anticipation. He threw him open to, to a degree, and it looked like he was throwing it away. And then, to his credit, Dylan also said, uh, throw it to the receiver, touchdown, or throw it out of bounds. And There's nothing in between. That's, those are the only two options he had. And he kind of was doing both. I, I didn't say, but I mean, for for that what that play was, the ball was placed perfectly. I mean, again, not not that it was a very difficult. Well, it was a difficult throw. Not not that it had to be very pinpoint. It wasn't a, a super tight window. But it was harder for Dylan again, being not as tall of a quarterback with a bunch of those defensive linemen hitting Nick Anderson. And I mean, the perfect spot. He didn't have to move or make a insane catch. He was right there. Uh, it was a it was a great play by DG. You can't. You got one more. Oh, I, I was gonna say. It, I thought that too. It was especially impressive because take the first drive away where we're gonna talk about the defense and, and what set that up. But where Dylan Gabriel's very comfortable in that first couple mm -hmm. of plays in the OU half. I thought we saw a Dylan Gabriel who was nervous, over-amped, whatever it was, those first couple of drives that actually happened in the Texas half, yeah. while Oklahoma's offensive line was getting blown up initially, it looked like he had happy feet, he had accuracy issues, all that stuff, but as he started to run the ball and assert himself on the game, he became, I don't know if you had mentioned this yet, but Mike Houck, uh, uh, OU uh, Sports Information, said that he, he's the first Oklahoma quarterback to throw for 250 and run for 100 against Texas. And as he started to run the ball, he settled in, and by the time that it got the fourth quarter, and yes, that play was in the OUN, that was a Dylan Gabriel that was fully confident, embracing the moment, and and firing off and, and playing some of the best football of his career because uh, it didn't look like it was going to start like that, which was kind of part of the reason why the first quarter, the first five minutes, the first six minutes of this game were so haywire. Yeah. Jalen Hurts threw for 235 and ran for 131. So he was right there on the cusp. Kyler Murray uh, threw for 300, I think, and ran for 92. So uh, we got the uh, we got the stat from the authority himself, who got it from the historian himself. So uh, that sounds legit. Um, 
what you said about his happy feet, you made a reference to it in the in the All Sooners uh, live game, live in game blog. Happy feet, Gil, uh, Dylan Gil, Dylan Gabriel is not the right Dylan Gabriel to have for Oklahoma today. And it did look like he was nervous. He was out of his element a little bit. I think a lot of people probably said, can't wait till the DG era is over and all that crap that comes up every time he throws a bad ball or overthrows somebody or gets a you know, pick or whatever it is. They come out of the woodwork and say, he's not our guy. This guy's not up to it. Guess what? Dude just beat Texas right out here. He's up to it. He is that guy. He is him, however you want to say it. Uh, Brent Venables was, couldn't have been more complimentary. Jeff Levy couldn't have been more complimentary. <coughs> Dylan Gabriel's like, I'm just, I want to be about the team. I don't want this to be about me. Heisman candidacy, man, nah, this is about uh, our moment, not my moment. And, and, and a lot of him doing that was he put the game on, on his own back, you know, taking off whether it's, you know, a third and 10 scramble yeah. or picking up, you know, making a move on Jalen Ford, one of the best linebackers in the country at the line of scrimmage and <laughs> picking up 50 yards downfield. Now, even though OU didn't necessarily, or didn't score at all on that drive, Still, the fact that DG's making these plays, I mean, that is huge for him and for the Oklahoma offense. I mean, those plays are going to only keep the defense honest. I mean, and, and again, it helps build confidence. And like you said, when he's when Dylan Gabriel is missing a few throws or, or maybe they're not perfect, you said happy feet inaccuracy. That's how, you know, he can build some confidence and keep the offense on schedule, keep them in front of the sticks. Do you guys remember the 61-yard touchdown run at Nebraska last year? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? He's, he takes off, sprints out, runs around a guy, hits the sideline, and then stays in bounds when a guy's like, oh, you're going out of bounds? Okay, I won't hit you. Oh, you didn't go out of bounds? We were all laughing at that run like, hey, DG's got wheels, right? DG's faster than you think, right? Dude, he's a different player this year. Mm -hmm. He is a completely different player. He is a weapon in the run game. Where did that come from? I, I just want it to be known. I said, you know, after we saw the first OU practice, I said, man, Dylan Gabriel looks, looks faster. faster. And, and, and who've said, ask uh, the Nebraska defender. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan Gabriel is, but. I'm glad you remember that. <laughs> but what, what, what we were, um, what we were saying on the field as we're watching, you know, Dylan Gabriel, you know, rip off some of these runs or, you know, deliver some of these passes, not necessarily the, the game-winning touchdown, but the throws before that on that drive where he's hitting Farouk on the sideline, Drake Stoops while he's rolling out. I mean, the some of the other guys on the field were just saying, man, Dylan Gabriel's a dog. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's, that's a great way to describe how he played today. It wasn't, again, he played really well. It wasn't the most clean game, but he put it out all, all on the line. He put the team on his back, and he made the plays that needed to be made. He took a lot of hits, too. He took a ton. Of, I mean, when, when he was running the ball, I mean, he got nailed a few times by some so of those linebackers. one time he went into the pile and was just kind of pushing forward, mm -hmm. and his backside, his, like, kidneys were exposed. And one of the Texas guys shed his block and lowered his head and speared him right in the back. And I just went, oh, because I've been hit like that before. And it is crippling pain. And he got off, he got was went down, got up off the ground, kind of shook himself off and went back to the huddle. I was like, that's damn impressive. Guys talked after the game. I asked several people about how that inspires you, how that makes you want to put it out there for your, for your teammates, you know, your own body. Uh, and he just, when they saw that happen, they saw him doing the slide and taking a shot in the mm -hmm. shoulder and landing on, a, on his back again, the players played harder and played better. And, and I mean, one of those, um, you mentioned him, you know, sliding and taking a shot, that penalty, that uh, resulted in a penalty, which put OU right towards the goal line. I, I think on that drive, Tawi was one of Tawi Walker's touchdown yeah. runs. And so, huge. Not again, yeah, right. Not only is it, you know, a gutsy play, but it, it ended up being a huge moment in the course of this game.
I, I think Dylan's play today, it wasn't perfect. Right. It was gutsy, gutsy and it was huge in, in the biggest moments. Kind of encapsulates his performance for Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. The defense, we're about to dive into that. I don't care how many yards Texas put up. I don't care that they put 30 points on the board, which for the defensive side, it's really 27 with the block punt, or 23, excuse me, math is hard. Uh, it is 8.30 right now inside the Cotton Bowl. Just so We've been here since 8.30. Yeah, this is hour 12. <laughs> hour 12. Um, but th this Oklahoma performance, it wasn't perfect, but I, I think you saw the personality of Brent Venables where I, I pointed out a couple of times this week, but on Tuesday you had that quote about how Oklahoma's not playing their best right now, but you have to be challenged, and Texas is going to challenge this Oklahoma team. Dylan Gabriel didn't play perfect, but it was his best game in uh, his career. And, and I think that that's – there's – going to be excitement and partying in Norman and a whole week of celebration of this on the bye week from hacks like us. But I think the really exciting thing if you're an Oklahoma fan is there's room for not just a little improvement, a ton of improvement. You talk about Gentry Williams, second play of the game, picks it up, OU goes down and scores, okay? So Texas moves the ball down the field. You had the, the fake punt that Texas hit on. You had the fourth and two out of Texas Wildcat package that almost was the fumble. And then that drive ended in the Billy Bowman popping the ball out of Sanders and Dolby catching it. If Oklahoma's off, first off, if they guard the fake punt or if they stop that fourth and two, you're not backed up in your own goal line. If the offense can move the ball a little bit in that situation, you don't surrender the block punt. Uh, the, the Peyton Bowen fumble that was ripped out of there, if Oklahoma can go down and score a touchdown, they would have been up 17 early in the third quarter. You think about that 50-yard run that Gabriel had that Oklahoma didn't capitalize. That was the one that ended the missed field goal. Like, like there were so many moments in this game where Oklahoma could have separated even further that lets you go, this was a hell of a win. A, the signature win of the Brent Venables era. And if these two teams meet again, Jatavian Sanders will be more healthy probably. But I think Oklahoma was the team that left more on the field yeah. and has more room to improve than what we saw out of Texas today, which is a great sign. There, there's, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say there was one moment specifically that, like you said, I think, uh, I think, I think this was when um, Ewers fumbled. Uh, and I think I, I could be wrong in the exact moment, but there's one moment where OU is up by 10. They force a turnover or they get the ball back. And I think it's the second quarter, maybe maybe earlier third quarter, and the Sooners have a chance to go punch the ball in and go up by 17 points. I mean, 17 points, third quarter, late second quarter. I mean, I don't want to say that that's going to win you the game. In it was the, in it was early ball. third quarter. So yeah. we, they talked about the middle the middle A. Right. Oklahoma had a chance to win the middle A, mm -hmm. 17 to three, right. with those couple of touchdowns coming outside of halftime. Right? Yeah. And, and 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 we were talking on the field. If you go up 17 points early in the third quarter, that's Again, you never want it's to rule anything out in this game, but that's, no, as, that, that's as close to a knockout blow as you can get in that moment. It's helpful being up 17 points, but <laughs> listen to this. You're up 10 points, 30, what was it, 34, no, 27-17? Uh, anyway. 27-17. Yeah. 27-17. They go up 10 points. Uh, they get the ball back, and they go three and out. Three. They gain two yards and punt. Next possession, Oklahoma's offense goes five plays, gets stuffed on fourth down, loss on downs. Next, next drive, 72-yard drive, very good drive, missed field goal. And next drive, three and out. They went, they were just, they had a 10-point lead, and all of a sudden, here comes Texas. And Texas put 10 points up quickly. 75-yard uh, touchdown drive, 73-yard touchdown drive, and a 58-yard field goal drive. And all of a sudden, it's tied. Texas scores again. 
uh, takes the lead in the final minute, minute 17. Their kicker, Bert uh, Auburn's out there pumping his fist. And just, I mean, the place is, half the place, I should say, is going crazy. And the other half is going, surrender Cobra. You know, one of these things. And what happens? Dylan Gabriel says, nah, boys, we got this. And guys were saying, both players uh, and coaches were saying, you should have seen the confidence. I think it was uh, Nick Anderson said, I saw confidence oozing off of him. <laughs> like, that's impressive. And, you want to go into the defense? Well, yeah, one one last thing before we okay. launch into the defense. Rame said, and, and maybe this was a sentiment echoed amongst some of the other players too, but Rame said um, that when asked what their mindset was going out on the field for that last drive, you know, were they nervous? How were they feeling? He said, this is what you live for as a football yeah. player. These are the moments that you grow up wanting to play in. And, and I think that OU really sees that opportunity. Dylan said something very similar as well. This is what you dream of when you're a little kid. Couldn't be more uh, true, yep. I would think. Uh, by the way, Dylan also got a phone call from one Baker Mayfield. Uh, was that yesterday he called him? Yeah, Dylan, Gabriel, and Ryan and Eddie spoke with Baker on the phone on the same day. So okay. ba basically, we're basically the same people. A little flex. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's on getting Baker on your show, by the way. Did you transcribe the quotes for all Sooners? Uh, no, of course not. <laughs> did, did you want the quote about Eddie offering to wear a thong to be his pool boy? <laughs> no? Okay. Wait, let's not use that. <laughs> okay, I, I figured. Oh, yeah. That's funny though. It's a, it's a pot exclusive. Yeah. So uh, the defense, the Oklahoma defense, again, not perfect. Gave up 527 yards, gave up 30 points. But guys, three takeaways, all from Quinn Ewers. Uh, five sacks, all for Quinn Ewers, <laughs> right? Did you get the feeling that they were kind of, uh, and then of course that goal line stand. Well, just Ethan Downs almost murdered Quinn Ewers, and I'm not talking about then, the sack, I'm talking yeah. about he sacked him, yeah. and then he just like lost his, he was like, yeah, I kind of, it o overcame me. Jordan Kelly basically saved Oklahoma 15 yards. <laughs> I, I thought that was a flag. I, I thought, thought so that's too. exactly what they, the reason they put that thing in. Lucky for Oklahoma, they didn't call it. Um, there was one that was another one that should have been called or could have been called. Listen, the Oklahoma defense, Ethan Downs put on his best Austin English impersonation today. You guys remember Austin English, three sacks in the 2000, I think, six or seven game. I can't remember exactly. Uh, he was phenomenal. His best game probably as a Sooner. Yeah. And that goes, I'm talking about all those little non-conference puds they play and the bad conference teams. He saved his best to go play against the University of Texas. Yeah, and then you also got first sack of the year for DeJon Terry, first sack of the good. year for Jacob Lacey. Mm -hmm. Rondell Bothroyd was massive in the run game. Um, I, I, uh, Desan McCulloch was excellent well, at I, Cheetah today. I thought Transfers. Desan, yeah. Yeah, McCullough, McCullough was excellent. Yeah, I, th I thought Desan McCullough was one of OU's best defensive players. I think on that, the goal line stand that OU had, he made multiple key yeah. plays. Uh, one third the, down and fourth down yeah, tackles. Yeah, the, the third, down, third down tackle in the backfield or, or right around the line of scrimmage. And then uh, him and Billy Bowman combining to hold up, I think it was Xavier Worthy on about the six-inch yeah. line. Uh, and Desan McCullough all over the field, he played great today. I thought Billy Bowman, and I thought a guy who, who may, may not get as much shine, but I thought Kendall Dolby played really well today. He was awesome. He was awesome. I, I thought that, you know, like we mentioned before, blowing up those plays behind the line of scrimmage, I thought that he did a great job of diagnosing those. I mean, obviously the interception. Um, you know, Gentry Williams got hurt late in the game, and um, you know he's he's been banged up a few times this year. I th I think it's just a sting. Yeah, Gentry right. was brought into the post game press yeah. conference, yes. so that usually means if something was super serious, right. they kind of skip out on that. It, it feels like. 
he's dealing with a stinger, basically. It's kind right. of reoccurring. Stutzman right. has had one, too. Yes, yes, totally. But I, I, uh, all I was going to say was that to have Dolby in there when Gentry Williams is not able to uh, yeah. take those reps, you know, as a guy to kind of spell Gentry Williams, Dolby has been uh, coming on recently in the past few weeks is a great uh, second second option at corner. Ten tackles. Oh, sorry, ten tackles for loss yeah. for this team against Texas, against this offensive line and this passing game and that running back. I mean, Brooks was uh, – yeah, Brooks fantastic, but Jonathan Brooks, but uh, what do you have, 129 yards, something like that? Yeah. Um, but, you know, Oklahoma, uh, again, not perfect, but defensively, they made impact plays. Yeah, I, I, you know, you talked about Texas offensive line is supposed to be the you know build as this great unit, and and, I, and again they they definitely had their moments, but Kelvin Banks, their left tackle, who is supposed to be you know this just yeah, hero, he's, he's incredible on, offensive lineman, amazing. he he honestly I thought he got worked a little bit today. I thought Ethan Downs Ethan uh, just... gave him all he could handle. Yep. Even PJ Adebowale came in and, and had a few really good reps in there. Um, like you said, big plays, you know, four consecutive plays on fourth down whenever you're, mm-hmm. you're able to get. Um, them at the goal line, or four, four plays to get a four and out when you're at the goal line. There's also, oh, you almost forced another turnover. They were a few inches away uh, from stripping um, that tight end helm, I think, on uh, on a fourth and one uh, catch. So again, later in the game, I feel like the Texas running game started to wear on them. They, they were able to rip some big chunks off, but yep. they came up big when they needed it. Jacob Lacey had a huge sack on the last drive that really set Texas back and made them uh, settle for that a field a goal. And, and, that, and that's exactly what Sark said. He talked about that that play, that sack, and he said, we were driving down yep. to go score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And then when that sack happened, it pushed, put us behind the chains, and we started thinking, okay, maybe we need to settle for a field goal here. That's how big that sack was. It made him kick a field goal and then gives Dylan Gabriel and the offense time and, and the mindset to go down and score a touchdown. And I, I, think I don't the, think they were going to put the game in Zach Schmidt's hands. Like no. They going for it on fourth and yeah. 28, don't you? I, uh, and I, I think we saw another step from the defense today in this way. We've talked about a couple of times this year. So they had a couple of gimmies thrown their way. Tulsa was one of those games. And Brent Middles was like, look, if you put on the turnover tape from across the country – Sometimes players make bad plays and you just have to capitalize. And so we're like, how many times in years past where it was an Oklahoma defensive back not even looking at the ball for a bad overthrow and not in position, so they fixed that. Uh, we talked about Emory Jones after the Cincinnati game. My big takeaway is that Oklahoma made Emory Jones look like Emory Jones. When's the last time that quarterbacks like that happened? <laughs> Today, over and over, even when Texas started ripping off some chunk plays, when Oklahoma stepped up to make a tackle, I thought that for the most part they stonewalled whatever Texas mm-hmm. skill player was coming at them. Yeah. And, and like we saw Tommy Walker a couple of times get hit and fight for those two or three extra yards. You don't get a stop on the goal line when you have four snaps on the one yard line if you are not knocking guys back and stopping mm-hmm. forward progress as opposed to hitting and then they carry you in, in into the end zone. So that's that toughness they talked about. Uh, the med balls, the, the the ab core workout that that a year ago they did 25 of those on Thursdays, and all season long they've had to do 49 because I think someone put 49 points in this stadium a year ago. Obvious motivation all off season long, and and that Stutzman said it that the, that goal line thing was about who wanted it more, and Texas obviously is in this game. It was massive stakes, stuff like that. There was just a different edge. It's the first time we got to see Brent Middles truly play the underdog mm-hmm. card, and I thought that Oklahoma just – they were the tougher team today. Yeah. And Third, a couple numbers for you guys. Jaron Canick, 13 tackles today. Could have had a lot more. Uh, Billy Bowman had 11. He was good. Woody Washington was excellent, had nine tackles. 
Uh, Danny Stutzman had nine. Met Danny Stutzman dad dad today, by the way, on the midway. We were trying to get some Fletcher's Corny Dogs. It didn't work out, but I did get to meet. It wasn't a total wash. We did get to meet Danny Stutzman's dad. And I presume his mom was there and a couple, like an uncle or something. It was cool to meet all those folks. Shout out to Steve. He was very, very nice to us. He was cool. He stopped me and said, hey, you're John Hoover. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was interesting. Um, it's, also, it's not the weirdest, hey, you're John Hoover. <laughs> no, that interaction that Hoover's had about eight Park. times today. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I one from our new friend, Corey Reedy, man. Great to see you. Great to meet you, even though we were passing in the crowd for just a few seconds. Don't let Hoover be too modest. Someone <laughs> at the game today told him he looks like Aaron Rodgers. Stop. <laughs> yeah, my, I told my daughter that. You know what she said? Cute Aaron Rodgers or skeezy, long-haired Aaron Rodgers that hasn't showered in six weeks? That's what my daughter said. She's, she's up on her Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I'm probably somewhere in between. That's what I like to think. Anyway. While, while we're still on the defense, and you know, you mentioned that goal line stand, I think that a guy that the, that the team really highlighted, I don't know that the media necessarily mentioned him a bunch, but the team highlighted, mm -hmm. who had a big stand and a big hand in that goal line stand was Kip Lewis. Kip Lewis. Another young guy, Ted Roof talked about him. I think. He's on the goal, a true freshman, or no, uh, sophomore. Redshirt yeah. freshman, comes in on the goal line to make that play. And, wow. And, and, and he, he, again, the Sooners had, they were gang tackling those guys. You don't get stops from first and goal at the one yard line on fourth down. If you're not gang tackling, Kip Lewis was right, right there in on those. That's another young guy on this defense that the Sooners have to be excited about. Um, shall we talk special teams or you want to just punt it to Wednesday? <laughs> uh, the Lincoln Riley move. Uh, that's exactly right. We don't need a special teams coordinator. Um, here's the deal. Zach Schmidt needs to work on his field goals. Uh, the punters need to work on their punting, <laughs> right? Um, I, I think the biggest the, thing was the, the coverage. Game, the, there was some, some penalties and some mm -hmm. breakdowns and some busts and some slippage all, uh, all across the special teams. And you're just like, you guys are going to get beat because you can't do, put the details on your special teams. Didn't happen, of course, but there were some things to be concerned about. Yeah, I, the, the one that obviously the punt block and Texas almost got another one. Yep. Um, I think at this point in the season, everyone knows the score in Oklahoma's punting game. It Man. needs help. It, they, they, Brent Minnows was asked Tuesday about special teams, the kickers, and he basically said, like, if, if everything else is better, then those guys look a lot better. And the one time that Elzinga was able to come in and, and really just good be punt. in good field position, he had a good punt and pinned Texas deep. So I think it was proved right there. The thing that killed me is, like, so Texas goes down and gets the, the uh, punt block. Then they get a um, taunting. So the kickoff gets moved 15 yards back. So you're thinking, okay, Oklahoma had doomsday scenario, but at least the field position is going to be reset. Yep. They try to do the little reverse play, and then it's ruled that the reverse was a forward, like it wasn't a lateral. And so suddenly Oklahoma goes from, it was everything's moved up 15 yards after the penalty, they're on their own 15, yep. and the offense is set back in. And Gabriel was a lot better on the OU half early. You just have to wonder if, if maybe the offense was able to get into rhythm earlier if mm -hmm. stuff like that happens. Um, I thought it was a good play, the the reverse, yeah. the, the switch around or whatever. But yeah, you can't. You got to make sure you execute it right. You can't do a lateral if it's not a lateral. But and that's against the rules. Part of that is just like like we said, if Oklahoma cleans that up, mm -hmm. when these two teams play again, not if when sorry, yeah. uh, when these two teams play again, Oklahoma had a, had multiple chances at different times, whether it be the offense cashing in on turnovers or not limiting the special teams mistakes 
to extend this and yeah. win by more. And I think you were closer to that than Texas weathering the storm and, mm -hmm. and, and asserting themselves. But a healthy Jatavian Sanders, I think, also makes a difference. And yes. I'm excited to see these two teams play again because uh, I, I just think Oklahoma has more growth potential between now and no doubt. Uh, Arlington. Yeah. yeah. Listen, two things. 49 nothing. Consider that for a second. Uh, what that did mentally to the to the players and, and the coaches, you know, and suddenly they're doubting themselves. And then you follow up forty nine nothing, which you lost your quarterback, right? So it's kind of a it's kind of a pretty good excuse. You don't play football without a quarterback. Well, oh, you tried it last year, it didn't work. To come back and to be competitive right off the bat, first kickoff was competitive today. Uh, they laid the wood to the, to the opening. Was Xavier Worthy on the kickoff return? He got I think it was way late. Yeah. I can't remember. Anyway, um, big hit, and then they turn it around. They start surging immediately. They get the interception. They get the touchdown. They get another interception. Everything is going their way. And this was a team that lost to the Texas 49-0. Then they turn around and get a 10-point lead and lose it. They're behind. And what happens? Uh, they come back and win. Just think about the dynamic that exists right there, going back and forth in your head as, a, as an athlete, as a young person, as a football player, whatever. The dynamic of, oh my God, we suck. Uh, let's go out and really prove it to them. Oh my God, we suck again. No, let's go out and win the game. I gotta say, that's, I'm, like I said, I'm a little excited. Maybe I'm hyped up on uh, too much Red Bull, but I think that's impressive. The other thing is this, Oklahoma is six and zero this year. They matched their win total from last year. They had to go all the way to Orlando to finish with six wins last year, right? So, actually, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Beat Oklahoma State to get bowl eligible. Or was it? Yes. yes. Nah, my, yes. my brain doesn't work anymore. I think everyone has tried to delete as much of that season as possible. <laughs> Brent Venables is now 12-7 and seven as a head coach, right? Turn it around, turn it around. And, and I think, too... You sob. So if, if you've been a loyal listener, a loyal subscriber, a loyal reader, and you go to allsooners.com like you should after every single game, yep. and you watch the entire press conference like you should at allsooners.com, you'll have seen, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Brent Venables, he's been very happy with these victories, but he's always been, we haven't proven anything yet. We just want to know this week. There's a lot to improve on. I'm just glad for their success because they've worked really hard. Brent Venables could not stop smiling yeah. today mm -hmm. in this post game. He was sitting back in his chair. Like he this, was like beaming, here. and it was this pride for how that team had responded. And I, Brent Venables, I think we, we saw after Tulsa that he really liked this team. And I think today he was just happy that the college football world knows what he clearly has seen every day in practice, which it's a special group. I don't know how far they're going to end up going, but – it was definitely a different tone from Brent Venables today, and I know they like to treat everything the same, but go watch the 90-second video OU posted of, of his locker room speech. Go watch the 20-something minutes of everybody, and you'll see that, that this meant a lot to Brent Venables. It meant a lot to this team, mm -hmm. and uh, they, they really proved something today. And, and he said in, the, in his post-game press conference that he's been a part of a lot of really good teams. I mean, Brent Venables has, what, three national championship victories? He said he's been a part of a lot of special teams, a lot of special games, but that this, this win, this game is second to none to him. And I, I think that that speaks volumes. I, you know, also to that, that point of, you know, they, he hasn't, he's been happy, but today was different. After the game, I heard, you know, the, I was down there on the field when the players you know, were congratulating each other. The coaches and players were all embracing. And multiple players and coaches, they, 
while they were happy and in the moment they're celebrating the, the win, they all told each other in the as soon as the game's over, clock just hits zero. They're they're putting the golden hat on right there, and still the words that are coming out of their mouth are, "Hey, we still got more to do. We're not done yet. There's still more to go." So that mentality, you know, obviously they're going to celebrate, but that mentality is, uh, you know, what Brent Venables has instilled in that team. If the team keeps that mentality, they they don't have another, you know, <coughs> they're able to again play that. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? The lunch pail style of uh, attitude. Then uh, I think that. As we've said previously, they could run the table the rest of the way in the Big 12 at least. One thing I know right now is that we don't got more to do. We're done. <laughs> no, we're not done. No, we're done. We're going to Fair Park. Yeah, that's, we're done here. And, and we're, we're smashing some fried stuff. <laughs> that's, the, that's the closest I've gotten to who've having to edit something out in quite a, minute, a long time. Um, corn dogs first, cheesecake later. Deep that that deep fried fuss. What am I gonna do with my wagon? Really I got this it giant wagon. We left, that it, I we left it in security last year. Maybe uh, they'll let us yeah, leave it there that's again. That's true. That's true. We'll try it. Fingers crossed that uh, we can get some fried food in us real fast. That's it for the All Sooners podcast, episode 212. Yes. We're headed to the bye week. Um, we'll pass this along as we get more information, but we're probably gonna have one day of interviews and stuff at the yep. website this week because it's the bye week. Um, feels like early in the week, Monday through Wednesday, somewhere in there. Yeah. So you won't have the typical Brent Middles presser, but we will have one day of player interviews. And I, I think Brent said he might try and speak after practice. So uh, just stick with us. We'll, we'll let you know when all that hits the site. Yep. It's going to be a, a not busy week. I think I'm going to let you dudes handle it. I think I'm going to stay in Tulsa all week. You you go for that. I think and, I've uh, earned that. When I, I get back uh, at 4 in the morning to, to tonight, yes. I'm going to be thinking of uh, you guys driving from Oklahoma City to Norman for interviews on uh, Monday or Tuesday. Or yeah, that's totally good. I'll be at a rave on Thursday night. Okay. Odessa's going to be at the Paycom Center. So. Sounds fun. I've seen Odessa back in 2018. Let's Did you it. have uh, plans for the open date? Yeah, I'm going. My, my younger brother's birthday is this weekend. Cool. Going back home to celebrate. Uh, he's turning 13. Fantastic. Uh, I've got some high school friends coming over. We're going to watch college football and eat meat all day long. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how that rubs hoof. Don't do that. Uh, steaks, burgers, hot dogs. We're gonna. It's gonna be amazing. Can't can't wait. Haven't seen those guys in a while. Hey, appreciate you guys as always uh, watching the All Sooners podcast, sticking with us this long through all the silliness. We're all tired. We're all over caffeinated, and we're all hungry. So uh, we're gonna let you guys roll. Appreciate it uh, for Ryan, for Randall. I'm Hoover. See you guys.